This is a full body goodness. This is a full body uh, goodness right here. You almost drowned. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Help! 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 This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we get into a different album every week and we get into the nitty gritty of it. We dissect it. We really get into it and we we have, we have a good time most of the time. Uh, my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Ah, boy, oh boy. So normally with bands, we um, we rank their albums. Uh, but this week, we're not doing that because this band, they only have two records. So it wouldn't be as exciting to rank just two. So <laughs> we're just going to get into the album. So what are we doing today? What the, band? The Bomb Pops. And? Oh, you said what band? Death in Venice Beach. Bomb Pops formed in San Diego, California in the year 2007 by Jen Rizavi, Rizavi uh, and Polly Van Dam. They currently have two full-length records, four EPs, and one compilation. Death in Venice Beach, the album we're doing today, is the band's second album, and it was released March 13, 2020. It features Jen Rizavi on guitar and vocals, Polly Van Dam on guitar and vocals as well, Neil Wayne on bass, and Josh Lewis on drums. Now, Jeff, oh. what are your initial thoughts on the Bomb Pops? What are, what are, what's your origin story with the Bomb Pops? 
<laughs> what do you got? Go. I I heard this I heard this group from from a podcast from Punk News uh, podcast, and this was um, this was several years ago, kind of in like the middle early stages of of our pod, and mm-hmm. and we had talked about them not a lot but a couple of times we brought them up and. It was one of those bands that the the guys on the podcast always talked about how great they were, and I just I never I just never listened because for whatever laziness, whatever I don't know, but I listened to them and and they were good. they've always been good like they've always been solid, and I generally like this type of music and I don't want to classify them as this because they are much more than this. But this is if you like pop punk or punk or punk rock, this is your band, and. They are more pop punk on this album, I think, than anything. There's a there's a little bit of just like straight. But again, we're getting into genres. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. Yeah, like like punk news. Punk news podcast was was how I got into the bomb pops, and it was weird because there was this there was this like if we're talking about just the our our history with the bomb pops, there was this lull. And for like a year and a half, and then there was a resurgence in the Bomb Pops when you started to really like them, and subsequently that's why we're doing this album. And again, I just don't understand your fascination with this pop punk band because you've, besides Blink, you've never latched onto a band that sounds like this, like ever. Yeah, I mean, like no effects, of course. I mean, they're pretty pop punk. No effects are now so, they are. I mean, no effects has roots in just solid punk, though. Yeah, like eighties no effects, but nineties no effects. But even then, like yeah, eighties no. We're talking decades worth of music here. And yes, the bomb has been around since two thousand seven, but the realist they have two albums, and then, so they they haven't been around that long to establish themselves in the various communities, and going into the no effects thing, they are under Fat Records and. Fat Mike does help out on this album, and so they they do they owe they owe a little bit, a little bit to Fat Mike and 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 the and the people at at, at Fat Records, but again, man, I just don't understand like why, what your fascination is with with this band because, <laughs> like I've I've never seen so much concern I've never heard so much concern in your <laughs> I voice like, I don't understand, I mean because you like it which is which I understand, but well, it's right up my alley, dude. It's like. <laughs> the song that we just played is my favorite song on the album, not just because of what you heard, but don't forget the ending to this album is all acoustic, right? Oh my God. And it starts at the two thirty mark. So if, I mean, after you give your spiel, we can get back into it, but okay, uh, yeah. l- l- go ahead. What, what, what is your, what is your connection with the bomb? Box? My, my connection is that, you know, I've, I've heard about this band for years. People always talk about them, but I'd never, I was never exposed to their music. I don't remember hearing them on Punk News. I may have, but it just maybe it didn't click with me. Dude, Ricky Frankel did an interview with either Polly really? or or I can't remember the other girl's name. Or Jen. Or Jen, yeah. I think it was Polly. Polly did a lot of interviews. But I, yeah, Ricky Frankel did an interview with one of them. Hmm. I don't remember. I, I honestly don't remember. And just to date ourselves, but the, the thing that Ricky Frankel, right, back in the day. Yeah, I know. He hasn't been on it for years. But uh, so, yeah, so I don't remember ever hearing it, hearing their music, but I just remember seeing the name a lot. And then I'm a, I'm a fan of this band called Clowns from Australia, this really, really awesome band from there. And they were, I don't know, they were, 
I don't know if they were touring with the Bomb Pops or or somebody was doing something with like I think I think the girl in the band in Clowns was doing something with Jen from the Bomb Pops. They were doing like a solo tour or something. And then the Clowns like posted something about like, oh, listen to the new Bomb Pop song. And I think it was Notre Dame. It was like right when that, that video came out. And I just, that for some, whatever reason, that song just like clicked. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really, really good. And then after that, the next song I heard was uh, uh, Out of Hand, their first fucking song. And then that was like what kind of solidified me liking the band. And then I just kind of went through everything. And then Death in Venice Beach came out and I was just like blown away. Fucking blown away by this. Damn. Maybe you're Couldn't becoming like a pop punk man. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do I will say there are there are pop punk elements on here, but I feel like especially on this record, they were really really uh channeling their inner Matskiba and Alkaline Trio. Like hardcore on this record. And maybe that's what I like about it because they kind of have this like kind of like these swooning melodies that they didn't really have on their first record or their EPs. And maybe that's what, what I'm connecting to. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I don't have like any solid explanation as to why this band is clicked for me, but okay, I don't get it. Hey, but I, mean, I, I think it's, fan, I think it's a fantastic record. Whatever. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's the beauty of it all, right? The subjectivity of it. I guess. And I mean, Spoilers, but this this is probably my album of the year. Wow, dude! Now you're just over RTJ four, <laughs> over RTJ four. Okay, yeah. we're it, it, just, just it's, stop. it's always just been stop. It, it's always been head head to head between this album and then the new Run the Jewels. Like that's, but this I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is about this record, but something just like fucking clicked with me on this one. That is no knock to the Bomb Pops, but. No, 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 no. That is no, crazy. No, that is insane. That is that is craziness. I don't know, man. Like, like I, I agree that there are elements that go deeper than what we think is pop punk. But as as somebody who listens to quite a, a decent amount of pop punk, they're musically the, these. This is pop punk. Like this is like through <laughs> and through. They they pull out all the stops. If there was a checklist of of even like fifteen to twenty things, every box would be checked. The only the only thing I, I I agree with you on, as far as as like the alkaline trio aspect of it, and that's that's like the the kind of deeper, the deeper lyrics, and yeah. and, and and some of the melodies that are that are a little bit flat, not not in, in the bad sense, but like instead of like sharp and, and majors or where everything's very poppy and, and fun. You you play in flats and minors to where everything's kind of somber and sad. And those those elements there are a little less pop punky than than what most people would think. And I think yeah. that that adds to the overall kind of effect and and uh, complexity of the bomb pops, right? Absolutely. I I was surprised at like how like how more com- I I don't know, I just I didn't when it comes to pop punk bands it's like it's either they're really, really good or they're just like, meh. Okay. Or they sound the same. Or they sound the same, yeah. <laughs> but like the Bomb Pops are different. Like, I mean, because they have the two vocalists and then who both harmonize really well with one another, regardless of who's singing the lead vocals in the song. And then I think their drummer is really, really good. I think he's a solid drummer, has some great fucking fills. I, I, think, I think he's fantastic as well. So Underrated. Underrated part of the band for sure. Okay, so like one thing I noticed 
also going along with that is I do think the drummer is like really cool. Like he's such a good pop punk drummer, but he's also yeah. just a good rock drummer. Like he knows how to just bring rock and roll alive. And maybe I'm just like a you know a little snobby little vinyl head over here, but listening to <laughs> listening to like a lot it's of like old fifties rock and roll and just how those drummers can kind of just 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 carry the song forward with such a basic beat but be so loud be so catchy be so fun and energetic i think i think i think they do it here really well and and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because neil was the bass player like there's like two parts of this entire album where i i I think like oh yeah they have a bass player in this band and that sucks yeah right because he's not a bad bass player at all like i've watched like like bass playthroughs that he's been doing for this record and his 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 parts are pretty intricate but it doesn't come through in the mix so i don't know if that's like a knock on the mix of the record but i i don't don't know but i feel like it's it's very his bass playing is very understated and it kind of sucks yes and it's definitely not a knock on him at all the way yeah the way it comes through sucks because Mm -hmm. he he does seem like a really good bass player and i i mean the two or three live videos that I watched of them, it looks like he's doing some really cool stuff. And it's kind of yeah. cool too, because, because Neil, the bass player, Neil Wayne, the bass player and Josh Lewis, the the drummer, like they've known each other since kindergarten. They grew up together. They grew up in the high desert. Whereas Polly and, uh, fuck for Jen. Again, Jen, they grew up in like San Diego and the bomb pumps yeah. have been around for so fucking long. I mean, you know, 2007, which is a long time to only put out two EPs or two two albums, one of which came out like this year. Three years ago. Yeah, yeah. One, right? The first one was three years ago. Yeah. It's Ten a, years after they, they formed. So that's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to think like the, the lineup changes they've gone through and, and how many people they've gone through. But they, find, but, but they find these two friends, Neil and Josh, that have known each other and played for so long. And then you got Polly and Jen who have also known each other for 15 years and have played together in one of their first bands and, and they riff off each other so well. And then Josh and, and Neil riff off each other so well and they come together and it's just like, it's like perfect the way they all just come together. And it's like mm-hmm. two teams, right? It's, 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 the, it's a Neil and Josh team and the Polly and Jen team, but they come together to form this weird, like, pop punk super group type of thing i'd say so yeah. and it's like it's it's bizarre and it's it's severely underrated but i think that's just because of, of where music is right now that they are not bigger because there's no reason why these people like this group should not be newfound glory of the 2010s honestly i think i think if if all this coronavirus shit didn't happen this album would have blown up because this album came out like a week after everything locked down or yeah or maybe like the week that everything went into lockdown and i feel like if they had a chance to tour this record it would have because would have blown up because they were already like gaining a lot of momentum over like the last couple years so i think this would have been the that transition and it sucks so bad because they do this album fucking it's killer this album this album does rip this album is fucking solid and and I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for pop punk anyway, and I I like pretty much anything that is even close to being pop punk, even if it's complete garbage. But I can still appreciate something that that does have roots, that does have elements, that does have complexity in it. And the bomb pops totally do. They, they're mm-hmm. so much more than just that that uh, I don't know that standard 
palm muting and and then going into the the open chord choruses and yeah they have a lot of a lot of great melodies and and they they harmonize way more than most pop punk bands do and then like what you were saying with uh with Josh the the wait is it Josh right yeah drummer? Josh the drummer yeah Josh the drummer he he the way he plays too like what you're saying with the rock and roll thing I I totally agree with you on that like he he has this cool way of of kind of like make of like um going halftime but only for like a brief moment and he almost uses it as like a way to like do like a fill but he doesn't really do a fill I I I can't even explain it like he he's a very very interesting drummer but he his fucking playing adds so much to their music it's insane and then and then another thing i wanted to mention was that i know they've been around since 2007 but i think josh and neil i think they joined like in 2011 or 12 so the band wasn't very old by the time that they joined so they they've been playing as this rotation or as this lineup for quite a while now like yeah far far longer than i think most people think I mean, it's 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 weird because because of the the lack of output from this band, full length mm-hmm. output, it's it's weird to gauge them, and and I know Polly like had a kid at some point, and so there was time that was taken off for that, and and I don't know, they just seem very okay with everything. They seem very okay with being a a like people first and a band second. Whereas yeah. they could easily be like the opposite. They could easily be a full-time touring, you know, multi-million dollar pop punk band and a family type of thing second. Because, again, like if Newfound Glory, if Blink, if, if these big names can make a career out of it, there is no reason why the Bomb Pops also cannot do that. You're right. I, I totally think you're right. And it it kind of makes me wonder too, like what if the Bomb Pops were came out like in 98 or 99 or 2000 or something like that like i wonder if they would have blown up they they would they had to have. they had to have Be, besides yeah. besides like that easy core sound as as our friend of the pod joe pointed it out to us a long time ago that easy core sound that newfound glory has where they do drop it into a a hardcore style type of beats besides mm-hmm. that the bomb pops are better like the bomb pops yeah. do everything that Newfound Glory can, except for that. I honestly think they're way better than Newfound Glory. Well, it's still early. Like and way better. It's, no, it's still early. No way, dude. They're they're you're, way better than Newfound. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. I'm not. I'm not. Because there are moments with Newfound Glory that just get kind of like, dude, you need to like relax, like especially vocally. Dude. Like after like Glory five or six songs, you're like, okay, I need to step back. I need to take a break. Newfound Glory has like 15 albums. You can't, you can't say these guys thing. are bad. Yeah, they do. I'm gonna be like, no, nah, I'm gonna be like the 10. Fuck you. 10 for sure. 10, minimum. Okay, maybe 10. Maybe, maybe 10. Fit. But they I'm also thinking have like all the, seven, but, but okay. But, but they also have all of 10. their EPs, right? From like the, 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 the sound of the stereo or whatever, all their, all their, all their, uh, their cover albums. From the screen mm-hmm. to your stereo, the sound. From the screen to your stereo, they have like three or four different uh, cover albums. They have a ton of material they've done. It's hard to compare the two. I don't want to compare the two. I just I kept mentioning Newfound Glory because they are, besides Blink, like one of the most well-known, money-making pop-punk bands like of all time. And 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 I think Bomb Pops could have been and should still be as big as Newfound Glory, but they want yeah. to be as big as Blink. They would. They what? They, they won't they, be as big. No, they, no, they they won't. And and as of right now, 
I mean, this is not, this is not, again, no knock to the bomb pops, but they don't have any right to be as big as Blink because Blink is, is the biggest, the best pop punk band of all time. <laughs> so, but again, but it's also, like, but also things are very different in the music industry nowadays than they were 20 years ago when Blink were at their height. I'm essentially telling, peak. I'm essentially telling the bomb pops like, Hey, you guys can be bigger than Jesus, but you, but you won't be bigger than God. That's a good, that's oh good, right? God, that's so stupid. That's solid. That's really dumb. How is that? If John Lennon can say they're better than Jesus, then I well, can. John Lennon's say dumb. <laughs> he was dumb, or yeah, he is overrated. Dumb. No, you never know. He could still you be out there. Know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Let's Jeez. let's uh, let's let's go back to to what we were talking about earlier, though. The, the song that you played, "Southbound Stranger." Southbound Stranger. As I had said, like the Bomb Pops have a lot of pop punk elements to it, and and this is my favorite song, and it's funny because. I'm 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 still new to the vinyls game here, and so I don't I don't really know what's going on. And this album sounded fine. I was drinking a little bit, not a ton, but I maybe like enough to not notice. But once the acoustic part kicked in, it sounded like she was singing into a fan. That kind of that quick fluctuation. <laughs> yeah. And for a moment, I thought like maybe this is supposed to sound like this. I don't know. And so I let it play out. And I said, you know what? Nah, that, there's no way. And then I, I, I took out my stylus on my record player and I took it to the place and it turns out it was like rusted and all fucked up. So whatever. But then I put it, I put the new stylus on, brand new clean one, wiped down the record, cleaned it off and played only this song again from beginning to end just because this was the one that was in question. And when yeah. I heard it that second time with like a new everything and, and it, it was just... It was so good. Like it was, it was so fucking amazing. And I love, I love that they only did one acoustic thing on this entire album. And it was like the last thing that they did. <laughs> they ended the entire thing with an acoustic thing because being yeah. do, doing like sometimes acoustic stuff is very, is very pop punk is very emo punk is very nineties and early two thousands. They could have done it all over the place, but they chose to do it last. And I think that is just, Damn, that is just absolute perfection. It was so good, mm-hmm. especially with the lyrics at the very end too. I think I thought, oh, dude, it, they set this song up so well to make that last, that last part lyrically like be so effective. This is a sad song. Most of the songs on this record are pretty sad. Is this is this not like, my understanding? Like the ultimate depressing breakup song that like leads to suicide. Is that what, is that what we're getting? That's what I got. That's what I get from it. I feel like Like, what what I get from it was that like she, she was with somebody and then she had to go away for a while and he said, okay, I'll be there. I'll meet you there. You know, we'll, we'll meet up again, but he never shows like she was, she goes and she gets stood up and then her heart's completely broken and then leads to, you know, the suicide buying the gun and then, Ah, oh, dude, that ending part is so, so sad. Dude, what so makes fucking sad? Like, what makes that ending acoustic park so good is how is how the record ends with that "You left me in L.A." Because mm. we've already heard that line previously in this song, and "You left me in L.A." is only half of of like that lyric. There's another part to that lyric, and like "You left me in L.A.," and then it goes down like no, 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 no. But mm. to end the song with "You Left Me in L.A.", almost like she's leaving us as the listener on like an off note, where we need that kind of like that kind of closure. Just 
just like go back to the key of the song. Go back, go, go back to the beginning. Like leave <laughs> us there, but don't leave us hanging like that. Much how she is trying to like get across how she was left hanging. She leaves us hanging. Ooh, that's fucking deep. It, but dude, like we've heard it before. Like we've yeah, heard yeah. shit like this. We in, in Weezer's Blue, right? Like when when Blue ends, there's that one note at the very very end. And it, it's it's kind of like this off note, and and I mean, Rivers is way more complex than I will ever be. But whatever for whatever reason that off note is, is not mm-hmm. like in the key of the song, and it, it just it leaves you kind of like puzzled and perplexed, and and like a lack of relief. There's no finish, like you need yeah. you need something else, and so it like wakes you up. It, it makes you want more, and that's what this that's what like the ending of this whole fucking album does. You leave me in LA, and it's like okay, it's, and. And then it ends. Yeah, you're right. Whoa. It's fan it 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 is might be like a perfect way to end a record. Absolutely. It was oh dude, it was so good. But then like the bouncy pop punk breakdown was solid and and I love how she rhymes in the chorus in this one. She says like the, the December and, and the remember part. Yeah. But there's also a me that she has to throw in there. But she tosses in really late. So it's like remember because she's saying December and then remember me a little mm-hmm. bit later on so she's still rhyming but it still flows and it's i don't know she has a really good way of of, of pretty much saying anything she fucking wants and it's gonna sound great <laughs> it is and th- and this is a poly song as i'm pretty sure right she she does the lead vocals on this one i mean that's that's something uh, so as far as my my research was it was just the back of the piece of paper that came in the vinyls and so it didn't. It didn't specifically say whether or not it was a Polly or a Jen song, but um, I'm just going on by by what they or what I. I mean, by what they sound like, you know. And okay. This to me pretty much sounds like Polly. I mean, I'm pretty positive it's her. So. Oh, no, 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 no. And it's interesting, like when you look at when you look at both of them, and their their songs, they're. I don't know. I feel like Polly's a little bit more. Lyrically, her she's a little bit more literal, and then Jen is a little bit more ambiguous in her lyrics, and I like that. I like that. It's it's like a Mark and Tom thing, you know. Like like Tom is more ambiguous with his lyrics with Blink, and then Mark is just like right on the nose. Like he's just more, just kind of says it how it is. So that's, that's how I'm kind of like viewing Jen and Polly's back and forth as their we, lyrics. As we go through this, maybe we'll we'll, we'll go into who we you think because I, I I mean honestly I could not even tell. I guess I'm terrible at that, but but it but it it, it is interesting because like I said, Polly did have a have a child, and so mm-hmm. as far as like the literal aspect of it, I mean just think like when you talk to a child, you can't you can't be ambiguous with a child. You can't tell a child things you would tell a thirty year old. You can't be profound. You can't. You can't go deep. You need to tell a child exactly the way it is or exactly what you are thinking, what you want them to do. You need to tell them to do that. And maybe that has an effect on the way she writes her own music and lyrics is because of that that parental aspect of it. That's an interesting idea. I've never thought of it that way, but that's, I mean, that could be it. I, I don't know. Uh, but I also feel like her, um, her, Polly's lyrics, like, they seem like they're more about her possible substance abuse. I don't know. I don't know if she, I tried looking it up to okay. see if like, she's ever talked about, you know, any sort of like alcohol abuse or any other drug use, but I didn't find anything. 
so I, I mean, this is just me reading the lyrics kind of at face value. And I feel like several of the songs talk about that. And then she, she sings the lead vocals on this song, Southbound Stranger. And I feel like that kind of, that's the, the final part of her talking about her addictions and this and that, and then ending it off with this song. So, I mean, in a way, maybe this, this, she's not actually talking about a person, but possibly about how she felt while she was dependent on, you know, alcohol or drugs or what. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I could be completely wrong because maybe she's never dealt with that, but so like that's I, what I got from it. Like given what you just said and then take like running with that, it kind of makes sense because I feel like half of these songs are about addiction, yeah. whatever that addiction is. And then the other half is, is about like love and lost and, and, and but they, they're both equally somber, but they're both rooted in, 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 I guess, different, uh, I don't know, things, whatever it yeah. is. So it's interesting if, if one of them sings specifically somber or, or writes music about somber, um, like addiction habits and things like that. And the other one is, is, is like breakup songs and, and things like that. But again like like they they've been together for so long like 15 years or something like that they were in like in the first band together the the vodka the 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 vodka dolls was their Mm -hmm. first was their first like band together and they've been they've been together for so fucking long much like the 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 mark and tom thing like the way they riff off each other and the way they play with each other and the way they write music that is kind of different. One's about addiction. One's about breakup. Both, you know, easy topics, right? Like, who the fuck hasn't written about breakups? And who the fuck hasn't written about being addicted to alcohol or drugs? But the way they do it is so... It's so earnest, but it's also so kind of kind of nuanced. Yeah. And, all, and in a way, it's kind of endearing in a way, too. Like, it it kind of makes you feel like you, you can connect with their lyrics more so because they're, they're kind of like just putting it all out there. So I, I, I like, that's what I liked about it too. They're, that's what I liked about it lyrically as well. I, I, I really also tried to go into this because I mean, given that they are, they are two female vocalists. It was, I wanted to listen to this and then not think like, okay, this is a cool band because they are, they're led by two female vocalists and that's not how we should classify them. And so it was, it was just because I, you know, I think we're fucking bred to think this way and it's terrible. Yeah. And so I really tried not to listen like, Oh, this is good because it's a female vocalist singing about things that I've heard fucking countless male vocalists sing about. And it's not just that though. Like, and so when I got past that own like personal, obstacle of myself and I realized that no I don't like this because it's a female vocalist I like this because this because they are a little bit deeper because they are a little more straightforward with what they are saying but yeah they they don't need to cuss constantly they don't need to to use expletives they don't need to to throw it in my face they can be a little more nuanced they can dance around it but not be pretentious but not be kind of douchey about it be straight to the point but a little more poetic. And I think, I, I don't know, I think that's what makes like the Bomb Pops ever so special is because of the, not only just the connection that Jen and Polly have with each other, but like the way they write, it's so different, but it's exactly the same. <laughs> Dude, that's like the, that's the best way I could explain it. 
different but the same. Hey, raised like, fist. Raise fist. Yeah, dude, raised yeah. fist made a fantastic <laughs> song about different but the same. <laughs> oh, every time I hear that phrase, yeah. I just think of that like arguably, song. arguably the coolest story, the coolest folk tale ever of, about two two similar artists who were connected mentally or spiritually or whatever. Mm-hmm. That were trying to write a song together, but broke off and did their own thing and brought it back together was when Blink and when Mark and Tom wrote lyrics for "I Miss You." Like if that story is Great true, story. and they both wrote their own separate lyrics and came back and it meshed that well, like that is, dude, that like rivals like any vocal duo of all time. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Lyrically based, and but Polly and and Jen have that same connection. They have that, and that's why I was kind of like confused. Like I I never even thought to think like I wonder who's singing this part because I don't know, man. It's all like kind of the same. It all works really theme well. And the same concept. Yeah, they do a really good job of it. <sighs> let, let me. Um, so I I take it that you have no stinkers, right? No, there are no stinkers. Yeah, I agree. No, absolutely no stinkers. Not even, not even a song close to being a no. stinker. So nope. I do want to play my favorite song, and it's a song I can't, I can't get enough of, and that's Blood Pact. That song is... Oh, yeah, you would like Blood Pact. Why? 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 American Maniacs. Because you like singing along to that, don't you? Dude, I fucking love singing this song. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I do too, though. It's good. It's good. When, when she says natural born, natural born killers on the run, Oh, I fucking love it. American so good. Okay, here we go. Here's Blood Pact from uh, Bomb Pops. There you go, Blood Pack <laughs> from uh, the Bomb Pops. Oh, I'd, I'd love the the second verse when uh, when the guitars are just kind of like not there, but every once in a while you like hear like a very light strum on it. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. So you that's great. You faded out. I'm the only part of this entire album that I dislike, which is the solos. Really, you don't like them? I like them. I don't like any of them. I think that they are. They are forced. I think I think they had a good concept of a song 
And they said, well, how do we get from A to B without just, without just driving it straight there? And I said, well, let's put a solo in there. And I don't think any of the solos on their own I can listen to. I'm like, oh, that's a fucking cool solo. They are all just, they are transitions at best. Well, I mean, that's kind of what they're supposed to be. It's like in the same vein of like the offspring, you know, it, it's just leads. They're not. Then make them They're not leads. like traditional solos, but that's kind of what they are. They're, then they're, make they're them leads. five, ten seconds long. They don't need to be but, 20, 25, but 30 leads, seconds long. But they're leads going into the next part. They're not meant to be like these like shredding things. No, they they're are because everything quiets down. Everything stops. With the offspring, they are clearly leads because the leads will still play the melody of the song. These are solos. Okay. But again, that's that's the only part of this album that I don't like. When I say I don't like, I, I don't like hate it, but I gotta dislike something, right? <laughs> no, you don't have to. You'd be like me. Just enjoy everything. But no, Blood Pact is it, it it's a great one. And the, I I like the lyrics in this one too. I feel like it's the one of the few really upbeat songs lyrically, where it's just talking about like being just so connected with with whoever you're with like a you, your partner or, or lover or anything like that and it just them being like your ride or die and just damn everything together that's what i wrote uh, i said right here i said i wrote lyrics i bold and then i i entered and this is about your ride or die <laughs> that's Think exactly natural born killers yeah exactly everything the Bonnie and Clyde reference, everything. I, I, I do think it's a little... There's a couple things in this entire album. Actually, there's only two things on this entire album that I think are cheesy. One is is the 666 part, the Highway 666. Ugh. Come, Ugh. On. Come on. Especially from a band that has like no kind of other reference to, like I don't know, that demonic style. And a lot of the things they use are very religious Really? They sing you think a, so? Yeah, they sing a, there's there's a lot of uh, they allude to religion quite a bit. And and so well, I guess in like Notre Dame, but not just Notre Dame, but But yeah, using using 666 is always stupid. But I feel like that I mean, she was using that to to kind of say like they she would go to hell and back with this person. Like that's like a reference. That would be like the reference, you know. It's not. It's not them just being edgy to be edgy. It was. It was. That was the reference. So it's yeah. acceptable. Also, it's the, acceptable. The intro to this reminded me of the intro to Sugar by System of a Down. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh shit! That's just like the, the same thing. Just, just that, the drum beat. Yeah. Just not like not the, the first bass. Five or six seconds of it. Yeah. Dude, but what a time. great way to start the song though. Like, just gets you right off the bat. It's 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 cool. It's probably like in my um, my bottom half, really of the album. Yeah, I think it's oh, fine. You're fucking nuts. No, you're nuts. no, 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 no. Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler, 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 Tyler. That's a Jen song too, by the way. She sings the the lead on that one. Okay. Well, oh, let's uh, let's talk about the the first song, "Deadly Departed." Right. Yes. There's a lot of religious undertones in this one. Are there? Deadly. De- first of all, deadly departed. Mean, we gather here today, like the whole that. Well, whole, it's dearly. It's dearly departed. I, but that's the point of it. That's 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 the fun aspect of it, Mister Fun no, Police. You, no, you you're the one who doesn't like that fun. And then she also says, "Baptize me in sickness." She says she mentions Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. But that I part I do love because it's kind of like she is admitting that she's not religious. She doesn't give a fuck. But like, Jesus Christ, you make me feel religious. Like you are, like you are so great. You are so awesome that I'll believe in God for you. They're, the only reason you exist is because there has to be a God. And I've heard, like I've heard that that kind of um, I don't want to say argument because that's that's kind of mean. But I've heard that I've I've heard people say things like that, especially about like biology and in like the micro level and like cellular biology. And people say there's there's no way that like cellular biology can be this intricate and this be this crazy by mistake like there has to be a divine there's there's some divine intervention that made this i think that's kind of what she's going along with this like you are so great you are so amazing that there has to be a god and that's why she said jesus christ you make me you make me feel religious like that's so cool it's so dope (laughs) love it so that's what you get from this song that's interesting yeah yeah slightly different than than my my take on it but i mean yours i like yours too and yours is good so go ahead. No, go ahead. Because like no, no, I time, love well. this song. I think this is a fantastic song. <laughs> I got nothing bad to say about it. I just I thought your interpretation of it was better than mine. Uh, just saying. Well, there's no. It's you know, it's an interpretation. That's what it is. Oh, what the fuck it is? I'm putting all my fingers together and waving my hand up. <laughs> what do you? What, what? Like, did you have something different? Maybe I don't know. I mean, what I what I just got from it was that. Um talks about like a new relationship being great like on the surface almost like that honeymoon phase but in the end it's like actually toxic and awful and her kind of knowing it's going to be end in a mess like in and i think that's in reference to like the romeo and juliet part the sid and nancy part like everything was great at first but it just turns to shit in the end that's and then the andy warhol and bridget bardot and everything like you know jfk and marilyn Monroe, like everything ended bad like nothing was good about any of those relationships (laughs) so that's kind of what i got too like it looks great from the outside but deep down it's just it's very very toxic and awful and it always ends very bad that's what i get it's such a it's such a like um a layman's thing to sing about because like who hasn't been in like a toxic relationship right who hasn't been mm-hmm. been in a relationship where you know it's going nowhere, you know it's you know it's not going to last. But it's just like fuck it, whatever. I don't care, and and I don't know. I I think that's 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 what makes like the bomb pops kind of kind of real. Is that is that an appropriate term? Can we? Is that real? Like that makes them. Yeah. No, I think it is. Truth. I think it's it's it is. It's some it's something that that people don't really talk about. And there's another song on here too that. I feel it can be taken in a way that most people wouldn't talk about. And that was, uh, that's a, uh, oh, fuck, what song is it? I'm trying to think right here. Oh, uh, fuck. What is that one? It's a Jen song. Is it, is it Notre Dame? No, it's not Notre Dame. Damn it. I have it in my fucking notes. Sad terms. Or so sad to me. No, it's not that one. Oh, Zero Romance. It's right. that one. Yeah, I feel like that one, that was the one song where it can be taken like, in like an innocent way, like where, where they're talking about her and this person or the guy being in like this secret relationship and nobody knows about it and they don't want anybody to know about it. But, and the thrill of it is what kind of like makes it exciting. And they don't in the end want to tell anybody about their relationship because they like that thrill. So I feel like it can be taken that innocent way or it could also be taken in a way like they're people. Well, no, I was thinking like they're cheating on their, whoever they're currently with. Like, 
like they're going behind whoever's back because they they like the thrill of almost getting caught like i feel like that song can go in a very innocent way or it can go in a very adult way and that's kind of what i thought was cool about the zero romance song it's, it's zero remorse but that's fine is it oh my god dude what the fuck that's okay that's not zero a big remorse deal. you're right what the I, fuck is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck did I? Why was I? Kept, why do they keep late. saying It's that? like eleven thirty. Oh shit! It's fine. This is what happens fine. when I have to wake up early now. Oh shit! Well, um, what do you, do you want? So Damn. okay, so I mean, let me let me, let me, let me go back to <laughs> Deadly Departed because that that solo was the first solo that we heard, and I thought it was Wait, cool. Why do you keep calling it that? Because I because like you, it's late, <laughs> and even <laughs> though I don't. Call it. Even though I don't, <laughs> called it that like seven times. I know. I I'm gonna keep calling it that now, probably forever. <laughs> even even though I'm looking at it as I'm reading my notes right now, it does not say that. But from now on, I'll probably forever call it that. That's sad. Deadly departed. There you Dude, go. Dude, it's just homeschooling. It thing, works. Man. It works though. It works. It does kind of work. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's a better title. Fuck it. I'm sticking with deadly instead of dearly because deadly's <laughs> better. So deadly departed. That was the first time we heard like their solo. <laughs> And it was very, like, the solo was very simple in that, like, younger 2000s punk, that pop punk era type solo stuff. And I I was like, cool, man. Like, this is this is where we're going with this. And I don't like solos. I just don't like them. But I, I, I dug it in Dearly Slash Jelly Departed. <laughs> but had I known that they were going to continue to do that throughout the rest of the album, I probably wouldn't have liked it so much. But that's all I got to say about that. It took a long say. time to get that out. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Takes a while sometimes. So what's your uh, what's your two B your your second banger? Here? I mean that's. Oh, that was that was uh, deadly departed. Then. Deadly, yeah, that's deadly departed. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. All right. <laughs> I wonder if I actually met anybody from the Bomb Pops, and if I kept calling it Deadly Departed, <laughs> if they would say anything. <laughs> Especially no, if I like mentioned a lot of specific things about why <laughs> I like that song, if they would have like the heart to tell me like, dude, it's it's not it's not daily departed. Or like or if they would question nice themselves. To, to not say anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like or if it's one of those things yeah. like well, what's it called Deadly Departed? Because you're right, it totally fits like with that theme. It does. Wow. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think they would they probably wouldn't say anything. They they're probably too way too nice to say anything. That's my that, that's my two B. That's your two B. Uh, let's see here. My two B is sad to me. That's a my good one. My two B is sad to me. Could you rhyme it over my here? Two, that's what I do. That's what I do over here. Sad this is a poly good. song. This one's very, yeah. very poppy, very crisp palm mutes. Always good. <laughs> that, dude, but that like so okay, So like, like going back to to Josh and the drumming. Like the drum part leading back into the verse here is is so fucking cool. He has such a rad fill, and it's. Most of the time, he's just doing like double bass and then, or like one two bass and then snare for the four count, and it's it's very pop punky. It's very fine, mm-hmm. but his little leads in this song specifically, I think, are so fucking cool. And it kind of it kind of showcases his uh, his like rock and roll drum style, his 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 ability to kind of go crazy, but he tones it down because that's what this that's what this music calls for. You you hit the nail on the head with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna here's here's a little bit of a sad to me. From uh, the bomb pumps. Sometimes I feel like you bring me down. What you gotta do to have some fun? By all means, you can try, but I doubt. I doubt that I'll 
There you go. Said to me from the bomb pops. From so the I, bomb I, pops. I know how you were you were saying like you thought it was like very like a po- more poppy sounding song. Like I hear that in the in the verses, but I like I, I feel like in once they they hit the chorus and she starts singing the chorus, it's like it kind of like changes direction tone wise and it becomes like much more melancholy. And I think that I don't know. I feel like that that works so well lyrically because in the verses, I feel like it's her talking about, you know, she's she's just happy that she's kind of understood that you know he's he's this guy's a really shitty person. He has a shitty attitude. And she's just like kicking him to the curb. Like she's finally happy that she's finally doing this and just moving on. And then it goes into the choruses and then she's, she's kind of thinking, Oh, well now like I'm thinking like he was so great at the beginning, you know, she's letting nostalgia take over. So it's kind of like this more like melancholy thing. And I, I feel like they, 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 she found those two feelings and tones like she she did it so well in the song, and I, I think that was absolutely killer. I, I think like the subjectivity of the "you're so sad to me" part is great because mm-hmm. I think the song is about. I mean, this is a breakup song, but it's it's kind of about like empowerment and and how much better you now feel now that you're not with that person, even though seeing that person still makes you kind of sad. And still makes you like you said nostalgic, and because I mean, no matter no matter what, especially the, like the older you get, or, or I should say, the younger you are, the less time you've spent on this earth. And so, when you have a significant other, that is a huge percentage of your life. And so, regardless of how you how you how it ended or whatever it is, there's always going to be some type of nostalgia, and there will always be some familiar feelings that feel feel like home, I guess. Yeah, and, and so I, I I feel like this is an empowering song where she where she is singing, like you're so sad to me, is is kind of twofold. Like you're so sad to me on the one hand is is like damn you're pathetic. Like fuck off. I'm glad I'm not with you, and the other yeah. half is like damn you're so sad to me. I'm sorry that it ended like this, but like it ain't going to be in here ever again. It's it's not going to happen, bro. Damn these lyrics. Are- Deep. They are, dude. They're Deeper so they're so stupid deep for such a dumb <laughs> fucking pop punk. They're not dumb. They're really good. For such a fucking <laughs> silly pop punk band, it's incredible. It absolutely is. Yeah. And for whatever it's oh, worth, this man. is their second album. Yeah, it's in true. Like Thirty-five yeah. years. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So, what do you got for your for your your third banger, three B? Um. Let me see if I No, okay, so so it would probably be a tie. I'll do in the doghouse. In the doghouse and then I'll do house on fire. Oof. Okay. Okay. So so then, in the doghouse, my three B, third eye blind. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is my this is my third banger too. In the uh, doghouse. Because it's banger. fun. There's I I I have nothing really to complain about this. It's 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 just fun. Everything is fun. The theme is fun. It's the, everything's fun about it. The, the best part is like the drum roll crescendo into the outro. A lot of yelling, a lot of fun. And, and I like the way she let like lyrically, I like she, I like the way she lets us feel how lost she is. Mm-hmm. Even like standing in front of her own house. Like she doesn't feel like she's going home. 
and yeah. and, and and again, like just relatable to the to the proletariat. <laughs> like this is dude. Like who has a word? Who hasn't word. fought this shit? You know what I mean? Like yeah. who? Like they, these these are just such basic concept that that are that are lost between the common folk and and like I said, the proletariats that are. I don't know. They 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 speak to the common folk. They they are they are the dropkick Murphys of the of the pop punk realm. Dang. They speak to the common folk. Damn. This is a this is another Gen song as well. It's as far as I know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I got them right vocally. So, uh, so yeah, this is a Gen song, and I, I'm just, I, I gotta play. It. I, I gotta play every song on here. I want to play every song on this fucking <laughs> album. It's so good, dude. Okay, so here's a uh, in the doghouse. drum part leading into the chorus so good oh it's so good and i love the the little the little leads in that oh, the leads in the song are really good but i feel like our our interpretation on the lyrics are a bit different okay because okay. i i don't i mean lay it on me string bean i don't think you said this but maybe you did i don't know but i feel like just it's her finding out fine. what i see you were just listening to me but that's fine i know um <laughs> 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 You're an idiot, such an idiot. Um, but I feel like it's uh it's her finding out that she's being cheated on, and she's just absolutely betrayed. And then, like what you said, like she's too afraid to to like confront it at first. But then when she does, he he realizes how stupid he was, and like n- like she'll never forgive him in the end. Like if, even though he's like on his knees begging and everything, and then it's just it's just her kind of like just confronting the shittiness of the situation and kind of her feelings on that. That's, that's kind of what I get from this. I don't know. Yes. No. I mean, I, 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 I can see that totally. Cause she does, she kind of talks in like that. Uh, she says what she don't know won't hurt. Yeah. She's, she's not, she, like, she's not saying what I won't know or what you don't know. She's talking that third person, what she doesn't know as if there is another person that she is talking yeah. about. But um, I but mean, the rest of the song kind of like goes along with that. 
you know and then the the line like if you lie down you'll rise up with fleas like it's i don't think I don't we're I, I don't think we're both off though i i don't i i think i think you're you're the cause and i'm the i'm the reception right i think i think you you understand what happened and i'm the aftermath like i i see what is going on like she doesn't feel like this is her home because of what you said because she was cheated on because she feels betrayed because she doesn't feel like it's her home but we're not we're in the same ballpark we're just mm-hmm. we're, we're we're not batting at the same time here <laughs> okay <laughs> it is what it is i only follow science do not ever say live laugh love Love. (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be my new rebuttal to people hey live in an obnoxious tone dude live isn't that what you hate laugh love but isn't that what you hate I do, so but it's not. It's because it's not going away. You need to learn to love it, and then maybe in my sarcastic demeanor, people will stop thinking that it's that it's fun. It is what it is. I follow science. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> All of those are equally terrible. What about oh, um? What about God. House on Fire? Do you like House on Fire? I do like House on Fire. Because I don't think is, it's one of the best, but this it's, is like I one of like the catchiest. It. This reminds me of. Of uh, doornails by no effects, okay. Because because doornails kind of explored the softer side of of not just suicide but like friends lost and things like that. And the house on fire kind of did the same thing. And it's in the fact that it it just it just shouted a bunch of people out and and kind of like what happened to them. Also like um the uh, the kids aren't right by the offspring right like yeah. how they kind of shouted out a bunch of people that they grew up with that that somehow fucked themselves. But what I, uh, so like the other part that I, I thought was cheesy about this album was, was like the fat Mike stuff. Okay. So like, I like, don't, don't shout out fat Mike. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like I, I, I get it. Like I, it's cool. Like you were very fortunate and actually to no fuck that. He is very fortunate to have had a rad or to have been able to work with a rad band like you, but like you don't need to sh- you don't need to shout out Fat Mike, and it's just it doesn't flow. It, it, Welcome to my house, Fat Fat Mike wears latex during foreplay, hooks, whips, and rubber dicks all scattered all over the hallway. Yeah, it's just a dumb lyric. Yeah, it's not. My I'm not a fan at all. But I do. I, I I do. I do love. I do love this song, and I think like repeating we're on fire and again like in the in rage format repetition is key oh repetition god. is key oh god in this case yes we're on Correct. fire we're on fire we're on fire and then the entire like we're sinking the quicksand thing and john's with another band and he's out like over and over it's just it's so fucking fun to sing along to and it's such a it's such a good sing along. This is a sing along song. I, I think this is another one where I I feel like this is about addiction again. I'm going to say it. I think it's about addiction. It's a Polly song. And I don't know. She has these these lyrics or these songs that to me, I like I said, I could be completely wrong, but they sound like addiction. And that's kind of a lot of what's going on here. Like this, this is like her talking about like, 
a story of like you know starting that that kind of like the partying and everything and then how it can get out of control and it's like you know we're the with the lyrics we're sinking in quicksand where the it's starting that's where it's starting and then johnny's with another band i think is a reference to like her boyfriend or whoever somebody she's close to leaves her for somebody else for a different friend because she can't control her addiction and then annie's out of oxygen i feel like that's like her running the course of that like being that's like rock bottom and then this house is on fire it's just everything's exploding around her and everything's falling apart so i i i i I agree i'm looking too far into it i don't know dude i agree i i think i think again i think you're the cause and i'm the on the aftermath here because dude it's totally true you it's i don't know but I, I think that she's she's acknowledging like this dude, this is shit. Everything about this is garbage. But this is who I am. I've accepted that fact. I've accepted that this is my house. And yeah, it's on fire, but I'm still gonna come home to it because this is my family as I know it. This is my life as I want it right now. And it's always easy as an outsider to say, Well, if you don't like it, you should fucking leave. You should change it. It's like stuff's never that easy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know this, this whole, like this house is on fire. It's not like that house is on fire. His house is on fire. Her house is on fire. It's this house. And it's not quite my house because she doesn't quite think that she's completely 100% involved, but there is some involvement with this house. And again, maybe we're just being overly critical of the lyrics here. I don't know. But word choice is very important. She's saying this house, not that house, but this house. She knows what this house is. She knows these people because she calls them out by name. She knows these people not just by name, but like a little bit about them. Even a little bit of song, right? Fat Mike and this Johnny guy and this Annie girl. Like She knows all these people personally. This is her house. And her house is on fire. But she can't leave. Because this is her life. This is this is the life that she is she is currently accepted, for, for good or bad. I don't know. All right, let's play. Let's play a little bit of this one. Here we go. House on fire. This house is 
There we go. This house is on fire. Yeah. There you go, man. What a song. What a song. This was uh this was also co written by Yodam Ben Horin. Yeah. Do you uh do you do you recognize that name? Do you know who that name was? Did you look him up or anything? Isn't he part of like that that production crew that uh Fat Mike and like him and another guy are a part of? The the, de- like a lot the, of the decomposers? Yeah, the decomposers, that's what it is, right? He he also is the bass player for for a band called Useless ID. Okay. But he also did the vocals for that uh that album that we talked about um Chabad Chabad Religion that um mm-hmm. that that hymn album that was sung in Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Remember earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was the one that that sang all of those vocals and uh, I guess mm. I mean he he's he's an, like an all-around musician. So Okay. So that's interesting, especially because again, I think that this this is a very full sounding song. It is. And I'm one is that Fat Mike singing in the beginning? Yeah, Fat Mike does do backup vox. Okay. And then I'm wondering because the main song is Polly singing, but in the beginning part with Fat Mike, it sounds like Jen singing that part. Because Jen has the higher vo- has a little bit of a higher voice than Polly does. So I'm thinking that was Jen singing it, maybe as like a demo. I'm wondering. I'm wondering, like, if I that it was is like that, a live thing, like, 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 like they did some type of live thing, and it bled maybe. into I don't know. Like it, it was an early recording of a of a melody they had, and that bled into a an actual song. Maybe, yeah, could be. It could be. I I, I don't know. I still I contend know. like this is her home, and she realizes it's completely fucked. But this is her home. Take it or leave it, baby. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm this not going to leave This it. is who I am right now. Damn, that's okay. a good song. It is a solid one. Solid, solid one. Okay, what should we do next? Should we talk about another song? Should we play another song? What do you want to do here? Damn, I... Um, should we talk about here. the videos? Because they, they do have three music videos for this. Yeah, we could do videos. Let's do videos. What do you... Uh, okay. What do you got for videos? So they, they have... A, they, the first video was for Notre Dame. I think the second one was for Double Arrows Down. And then the last one was for Zero Remorse. Mm. Remorse. Rem- Romance. Remorse. And um, and I think like all the videos came out before the album came out, which was, I thought was interesting. Because I, th- I, I was thinking like maybe they were going to make a video for every single song. But then with the coronavirus happening, that kind of, I think that m- might have been shut down if that was the idea. Because three videos before the album comes out is a lot. But yeah, okay. Notre. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, they're they're all kind of interesting because they all have their own like very very different storyline. Uh, Notre Dame to me though was like that's the one that was the weirdest one. That was my favorite one. That was like the Twin Peaks kind of one for me. Okay. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I got a like very, very Twin Peaks vibe. The stagey thing with like the red vel or the red seats and yeah, I can see that. The colors, I, the weirdness of it. I, I was I was very surprised that these weren't shitty videos though. Like these weren't just like garbage throwaway videos. They were, they were like high. They were kind of like high production, like good videos. Like they had they had an actual treatment. It wasn't like just them yeah. performing live or something like that. Which is also is that what you mean? Yeah. like yeah, which also kind of sucks because like you said, 
because of the high production value of these videos, had it not been for this quarantine shit, like these, like this band should have blown up. And every, and from everything that I've read, I've read too, is like these music videos were done with just their friends. Like it's not like they hired these this, these big teams or these big production teams or whatever to to make these videos. It was just some friends doing it, and they would just kind of come up with the idea themselves, and then they would shoot it, and that was it. I thought that was cool too. Like it was very DIY and a very just cool man. I loved it. I like. I love it. They're, good stuff. They're so simple too, because like even even like um, uh, Notre Dame, it's there's not a whole lot going on, right? It's just they're showing an audience, which is just Jen and Polly, Polly, and then they shows the band Polly, Police, just <laughs> 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 Jen and the Police. And then it's so show, dumb. It just shows the band on stage. It's, it's not like this. The complexity is not there. It's so basic. It's yeah. so dumb, but it's charming. It is. It really is. And then the the one I the one I did want to talk about the most was well, actually, I want to talk about both the other two. But the one I talk, want to talk about the most, I'll save for last. But so let, let's go with Zero Remorse. The only reason I really want to talk about it is because like all the Bond. James Bond like references and everything I liked a lot so that was cool but yeah, yeah that, that was a cool video too because like it's it it, it told like a sh- like a quick little story of like the hired killers and they come to find out they were both hired to kill each other in the end and that was great I loved it it was just so simple and uh, sex sells fun. baby always well, I mean that's James Bond for you the bikini and everything always and then even even what what the guy was wearing was very like Sean Connery esque, like in Doctor No. Just like ugly T shirt yeah. with like collared <laughs> and khakis and yeah, just exactly. Like why would you wear that on a beach? You're gonna get so fucking <laughs> sandy. Are you kidding me, dude? Like your pockets. And then, the Ur- and then of course the Ursula Andrus bikini that Jen was wearing. Like I mean that was I mean it was so James Bond. It was insane. Is that like a specific it, throwback to a specific Bond girl? Yeah, it's it's um it's the bikini that Ursula Andress wore in Doctor No, the first Bond movie, and she had the knife and everything because Ursula had the the knife on her um on her side as well, okay. and she threat. Remember, I don't know if you remember the movie, but she threatens uh James Bond when he co- when she comes out of the water and she like pulls the knife out really quick, is ready to stab him because she thinks that he's gonna like kidnap kidnap her. Well, I mean, but, it, no, in good. the video, I think Polly puts a knife to Jen's throat mm-hmm. and then she sees that tattoo or that marking on her arm and then become like, do we just become best friends type of thing? Yup. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good video. That was fun. It was a good one. And then the last one, well, not the last video, but the other video is uh double arrows down, right? Is that the name of the song? Am I, or am I, I think like I'm getting it wrong. You know, it's, it's double arrows down, double arrows down. So it's the, the mental t- institution video thing. Yeah, and then yeah. there was the use of a lot of needles and all that kind of stuff. I like I like I like the, the video a lot because it just showed that like everything that she liked was just in her mind and everything. But then it, did you see the very end, like the the last the last part of it after the video ended? Well, okay, so it it's the, like the whole diabetes thing? Yeah, the diabetes thing. Yeah, so so Polly is is type 1 diabetes positive, is that how you would say it? Type 1 diabetic. Type she's 1 diabetic. She's type, one, type 1 diabetic. I think like her dad is and her brother is, and she was diagnosed at some point in her 
middle life, not later on yeah. in life. So no, no, it was later on in life because from what I read or from what I heard, I heard some interview that I think Jen did like a while ago, and um, <clears throat> she was saying that when she was diagnosed with being with type one, she w- they were actually out on tour. The bomb pops were out on tour, and she wasn't feeling well for a while. And then all of a sudden, she, they were at a restaurant. And she just completely passed out. She like went unconscious and they had to call the paramedics and everything. And then they rushed her to the hospital and sure enough, her blood pressure or her, her, her blood sugar was all fucked. And then, uh, she was eventually diagnosed with type one. And, and type one's the one where you need like constant attention and the prices yeah. for insulin are skyrocketing and you're, it's yeah. So type one, it's where your pancreas creates no insulin at all. And your body needs the insulin to to regulate the glucose glucose levels in your blood. And when you if you don't have if your body's not producing insulin, then you're fucked and you're gonna die. And that's essentially what it is, you know. And but type two is different because it's where it type two is kind of like where your your pancreas is still producing some insulin, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That's kind of like the best way to explain it. But type one is just where it's completely shot. Like there's nothing, so you're you're absolutely Ugh. dependent on insulin. And then the song, the song "Double Arrows Down," the lyrics are just all about her dealing with being a type one diabetic, like like the toll it takes on her mentally and physically and all that kind of stuff. Sad fucking song, super fucking sad song. But it's so similar to a to an addict. And the way she feels, like the way she feels that people turn her back, turn their backs on her. It's like yeah. specifically when she says that she's curled up on like the, the, the gas station bathroom floor mm-hmm. and without knowing like a backstory, without know without seeing, seeing the video, I guess, without knowing anything, you would think like this girl's, a, this girl's an addict and, and like, that's fucked. Dude, that's so sad that, that she feels like an addict. She feels like, like nobody understands what she's going through, nor does anybody care, right? Because she has yeah. to like hide her, I don't know, that little thing that you put on your side. And Isn't that like the, the saddest thing ever? Like these people who are depending on these things like... Feel like addicts. Yeah. Like what the fuck, man? Yeah, and, and then, they, and then pe- they feel embarrassed that people are going to judge them, which is so fucked up. Like you should never judge somebody for that, you know? It's just like, ugh, it's... It sucks because like, I, I, I have a good friend of mine. She's type one as well. And she was diagnosed like eight years ago. I think it was. You know her too. I won't mention her name, but you know her too. Um, but leading up to the, her diagnosis, she was withering away like like really bad. But then she was diagnosed and then, I don't know. It's it's a sad thing like watching your friend not knowing like why why is my friend losing all this weight and why is she losing all of her hair and then and then you come to find out oh shit that was why and then now she's fine well fine to an extent but yeah no she has to constantly inject herself with insulin it's because like our society and like america and we're just so it's it's almost like this this american dream the survival of the fittest if you if you can't survive on your own, then then you shouldn't survive on your own type of of mentality. Yeah, and it's 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 gross, dude. It's it's weird, and it's it's why we are at where we're at today. Yeah. It is it is it is why our political climate is so terrible. Oh, it's garbage. Yeah, it really is. But it, it the song was really 
this was the saddest song on the whole record. It just it was heartbreaking. It was like truly heartbreaking. But it's so like this again, dude. This like just shows you how masterful they are at writing lyrics because you could interpret this 100% as somebody who was addicted to drugs. Somebody yeah. who was addicted to, to some type of hard drug to where they cannot control themselves, to where they need it. And it's almost like it's almost like she was she was like leading us on. Like she was leading us on saying like, "Oh, I need this. I need this to live." And and she's making us think like, "Oh, you don't fucking need it to live. No, you're fu- you're just a junkie. Fuck you. No, I need this to live. Like I if I don't do this, I will die." No, no, fuck you. Fuck you. And then all of a sudden at the very end like, "Boom, baby. I legit do need this to die." And that like puts us in our place like, "Holy fuck. I'm an idiot. I'm a douchebag. I need to rethink myself." Like I'm, I don't want to sell any more death sticks. I want to go home oh and my rethink God. my life, <laughs> like that type of thing. Don't reference that. It was such a good buildup, dude. It was like I, I. So when I first listened to this, I legit thought this was a junkie song. I thought like, dude, she's addicted to something, and she's on the bathroom floor of a of a gas station where that's where junkies lie, right? Because who the fuck even wants to go to the bathroom at a gas station, let alone touch the floor with anything yeah. besides the bottom of your shoe? And so to say that she's laying on the bathroom floor in a gas station, you're automatically thinking junkie. You're automatically thinking somebody addicted to drugs. And then come to find out who she is, what she writes about, what she's been through. It's very humbling. It's very humbling mm-hmm. as 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 a listener and and though the like these are the type of things that you listen for in your elderly ages or stages as as a music listener this type of complexity and like this is what i was talking about in the beginning where the bomb pops yes they are very kind of straightforward pop punk whatever but like fuck man you get down into this stuff there's 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 some good shit here it's yeah. solid yeah and i mean i i know the the songs that that Jen has the lead vocals on. I know they're not as like dark, but I feel like her songs are still like very relatable. And it, it kind of, it not to say that it sucks, but it kind of feels like sometimes Polly's lyrics kind of take the forefront because they they tend to be a, a little bit more like personal, I guess you could say to her specifically. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, because Jen has some really good stuff on here lyrically too, I feel like her lyrics on Notre Dame are really good. Uh, the songs on the I like the lyrics on Radio Silence a lot. That was good, and like like what we already talked about, like in Blood Pact. I think that that Ride or Die song I think is fucking great. It's fantastic. And I don't know. I think she's just honestly. I think she's just as good as Polly lyrically. Just what they write are just vastly different. I I agree. But, I think I think that again they are. They are kind of like an opposite to tract type of thing. They yeah. they both write about different things, but there's still a common theme. Do you want to play anything else? We've only played like two songs. No, we've played a lot. I feel like we've played like two songs. Maybe we have. I think you're right, actually. We played, so- we played Southbound like Stranger. We played four. No, you're right. House on Fire, Blood Pact, and then... We played Sad to Me. No, we played Sad, oh, to, sad me. to Me. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, 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 so I don't know. Take it for what it's worth, I guess. Because we haven't played any songs, maybe that's a good thing. We're too mm. busy talking and yapping away. Like little dogs. I don't know. 
I actually I do want to play Radio Silence. I do want to play that because that has my favorite. I don't even want to call it a chorus because it's not really a chorus, but that's the best way to describe it. I feel like it, the the there's like this this subtle like da da da's part. The na na na's. Really, yeah, and then there's some great harms in this song. Her voice is a little lighter in there. Ah, oh, nice. I love this song so much. I'm, so nice. I'm gonna play. Um, I'm gonna play a little bit of. Uh, Ah, radio silence. Where is it? There it is. Here we go. Bomb pups. good so damn good short and to the point i love that song <laughs> uh I, like with that that last part when she comes in when she goes static is all i hear mm-hmm. oh, it's so mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. i love her voice. that that part right there is my favorite part vocally damn when, when, the way the way jen sings that part that the oh dude it's so good she fucking kills it on this one I'm sorry. Okay. The best part of the whole album vocally is that part. Oh, well. Mm. It is. Come on, mm. dude. Mm. Jen kills it. She kills it. All right. We got anything else to say? Should we wrap it up? And uh, give her ratings? Let's see here. What about the, the cover art? Do you, did you look at the cover art at all? Well, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I have it right. I'm holding my, my, my vinyls. Are you holding right it right now, actually? I am, yeah. Oh, Every you're time. such a bunghole. Okay, because. So if nobody knows, we every time we do an album of the week, we get the actual record. We get the vinyl copy of it. Because we gangsta. We cause, vinyl Because we don't fuck around. We, yeah, because we think we're cooler than everyone. Correct. So uh, so yeah, I've, I've set it up on my, my record player because my computer is on my record player. Oh, so you're not actually holding it. You said you were holding it. No, but I'm, it. I am holding it right now. Have you been holding it the whole time? I haven't been holding it the whole time. That's stupid. <laughs> but you are stupid. But I just but when you ask me, are you looking at it? I just grabbed it and I'm looking at it right now. Yes. Oh, correct. okay. So I you am. weren't you weren't looking at it. Now you're looking. That's fine. now okay. I'm looking at it. So so the cover art, 
the cover arts, if, if you looked at the sleeve, it was done by a guy named Mark DeSalvo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's done a lot of work for bands in, in like the 90s and 2000s. Pulley, Lagwagon, mm-hmm. a bunch of bands. But uh, I would I would probably guess he's most famous for doing uh, Heavy Petting Zoo, the cover oh. for No Effects. It's a fucked up cover. Arguably like one of the most disgusting covers of like all time. Which cover is worse though, the the CD version or the vinyl version? What is the what is the vinyl version? Is that which one? Which one do you know? The the one where you're spooning a sheep sitting upright, reaching around. Oh, okay, that's the CD version. So the vinyl version oh, is God. a guy sixty nine a sheep. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one is worse. <laughs> I think the 69 one is worse because I've seen it less. Oh. So it's more shocking because I've, I haven't seen it as much, but yes. Yeah, that's the same guy that did uh, the Bomb Pops, uh, Death <laughs> in Venice Beach. He also did that. <laughs> and, and once you look at the cover, too, you can kind of tell like the, I don't know, that type of art, right? It's not. It's, it's almost like the, it's like the, um, he has a way of like a, a lot of like, not, oh, I guess saturation, but. It's sloppy and like maybe some saturation here and there. Yeah. A lot of pastel it, it, colors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's good stuff. But yeah, that's 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 the guy that um that did the bomb pops. That's kinda cool, I guess. I don't know. God, that that uh, album art's so fucking gross. It's so offensive. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, right? It's so fucking it offensive. Is. And that's their best record too. Heavy Petting Zoo is their best record. That you're so dumb. You're you're smoking fucking crack, dude. You're <laughs> high in cocaine. I was I thinking about it doing. today, and I was thinking about it today. Their their top three, their best album is Heavy Petting Zoo. And then second best coaster, is, or no. <laughs> is Coaster, is Coaster, and Man. then the third best is uh, Two Heebs. They're so Who, dumb, dude. Two Heebs and a bean and a no white trash. Two Heebs and a bean. Yeah, white trash. Yeah, white trash. Two Heebs and a bean. Yeah. This is that's all that's wrong, wrong, wrong. But also, so long and thanks for all the shoes. That's a killer record too. But you're gonna say, "Oh, pump up the void about pump up the volume." Ooh. I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not gonna do no effects debate because we're not talking about no effects. <laughs> so the Bomb Pops also did a collab with Amplified Aleworks, a oh. a brewery in San Diego. They did an IPA a couple years ago. And it was called the Bomb Hops. Oh, I didn't know that. How what fucking fuck? cool. I know, right? That's How great. How rad is that? Yeah. Oh, and I hate when bands do like like hoppy or uh, IPAs and shit like that, but I don't care. And the cool. bomb pops do it. It's okay, right? I don't give a fuck. Double standards. <laughs> Beezies. Don't care. Um, the name, <sighs> the name, the bomb pops, I read that it came from their old drummer who ordered a lickety lick bomb pop while they were jamming from the ice cream man. And, and as they were riffing on like, what should we call our band name? How about the lickety lick bomb pops? Oh, that's too long. How about the bomb pops? And that's that's kind of how that came to be. That's cool. Um, an old drummer, or I don't know if he's the original drummer, but Brandon Carlisle, he was uh, the drummer for Teenage Bottle Rocket. He died in 2015, oh, and shit. and they were really close, um, especially like I think Jen and Polly, or one of the two, I don't remember, but he gave them lyrics that he had written like a napkin at like a hotel um, as they were on tour together. And he's like, hey, this would be a really cool song. I wrote it for my wife. 
you guys should do it and change it so to make it like like the bomb pops and, and teenage bottle rock is really fucking cool too for whatever that's worth they're like a cool pop punk slash skate punk band mm-hmm. they're really dope and so they they took that and you know like whatever i'll we'll write a song eventually he died and so they wrote a song called be sweet off of their last album and that is all brandon carlisle's lyrics but Jen and Polly took the took the the lyrics and wrote a melody around it, so that's like a cool homage to like a a fallen brother, I guess in that yeah. in that sense. And and like they've toured with so many like famous bands and so many bands that are that are staples like in the scene, like Bad Religion and No Effects, obviously. But like everybody has nice things to say. And then the Bomb Pops also have nothing but nice things to say about all these bands. Yeah, they're fucking weird, but also they're really cool and they helped us a lot. And oddly, like the guitarist from um, um, fucking uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, mm-hmm. whoever that is, they said like he was a huge, a huge uh, uh, advocate for their band in the early days. Like he took them under their wing, under his wing, and and really like push them to be a better band, push them to, to play more shows, push them to record. So it's, it's just, it's just weird to think that I, I shouldn't say it's weird. It's, it's, it's nice to know that a, a small close knit music community is still like that because we've yeah. been to so many shows, right? And, and, and like you would go into your horrible Wednesday 13 shows, but everybody's hey, so nice, hey, hey. right? Watch yourself. Everybody's so cool. Yeah. And then going to all those bullets and octane shows, man. Like oh, so even, even like I started recognizing people that had been there before, and it was just <laughs> like the music scene has always just been so fucking fun and just so welcoming and so so accepting of everybody. And anybody yeah. could be going. Anybody can go to any kind of any kind of venue over and over and over and be accepted as 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 one of their own. And the bomb pops are kind of. I don't know, man. Kind of like the last, the last unicorn of that. I feel like music is dying so fast, so rapidly. Not just because music is now becoming shit, but because of <laughs> coronavirus and because of quarantine. But the bomb pops are holding it together, man. Yeah, they really man, are. Oh, and um, piggybacking, piggy, fuck, piggybacking, piggybacking, pinky back, <laughs> pinky. <laughs> <laughs> To go along with what you've been saying, uh, I, I also heard an interview where they were talking about how they had met, or they I don't even think they had met Billy Joe from Green Day. Maybe they had. I, I don't think they had anyway. Going back and forth. I don't think they had met him, but he knew about them and had heard their music plenty of times, and he actually sent them uh, custom Gibson Les Pauls. Or like Damn. his... his or his signature, his signature uh, custom Gibson Les Pauls. And I think the red one that Jen plays, I think that's the guitar that he had gifted her like a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Polly plays it because I think Polly plays like a, I think she plays like this weird, like, um, like modified SG. But, but I know, I know uh, Jen plays the, like that red, that red Les Paul. Yeah. But yeah, no, I thought that was really cool. And like, I guess Billy Joe had like sent them like a really nice letter saying how much he loved their music and really liked their message and their vibe and all this stuff. And he sent them guitars. 
I thought that, I mean, it's like what the fuck? <laughs> Billy Joe, Billy Joe is sending you this stuff. Like that is the raddest fucking thing ever. Oh, yeah. like, clearly, you guys, they're doing something right. It's fantastic. I, I, love I, it. I, I think like you have it solid though. You had it not been for for world affairs, the bomb pops would be bigger than exponentially bigger than they are. Yeah this this album, this album would have blown up. Like it, it should it should still blow up. Like it makes it it's like it's truly upsetting that that shit went down the way that it did. Like within the world. I mean not I mean for so many reasons, but for this band specifically, this this band should have blown up. Ah, it sucks. Damn. Whatever. You, oh, so also one other thing I read too that I thought was really cool was was Jen no Polly. Polly Polly took lessons as a kid. Like guitar lessons, piano lessons, and one of her instrumental teachers, her guitar teacher, whoever it was, when she was in like her early teens, she joined mm-hmm. a band with her teacher, right? And and as I was reading this, just I don't know, like I guess my parental thing kicked in. I was like, that's fucking weird. Like you shouldn't be joining a band with a guy that's ten to fifteen years older than you. That's weird. I don't like it. And then she kept kind of like furthering and like going on and. And she said, yeah, we played a bunch of shows. And he always would tell me that, hey, I'm just preparing you for what your actual band is going to be like. And then she found Jen at like some similar to the it was like a rehearsal studio. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a rehearsal studio, but it was also a venue, a small, small venue. Yeah. And probably being one of the few female artists there, naturally, they probably connected with each other. And 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 confided in each other, and and you know, became in the same band, the Vodka Dolls, and that's when the teacher left the band and said, "Okay, I'm like my work here is done. Enjoy." And like, dude, that is so fucking cool, man. That is such yeah, a that is like, dude, that is what a teacher, the epitome, like the the epitome of what a teacher should be doing is to teach you, like young grasshopper, you are now ready. Like straight samurai Jedi status. That is so rad. <laughs> I, I I thought that was really cool because as I was reading this article and I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't like that. But then you know, the more I read, the more my opinion changed, and I did a complete one eighty. Yeah, very that's emotional. Great. That's great. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, the one thing though, there's one song on this this that I could not figure out. Maybe I just didn't look hard enough, but I thought I did. But the the beginning of the song uh, can't come clean can't come clean, that intro where the guy's like yelling about how like like how he doesn't want to do it anymore, but he'll make one more record or one more tour and then he's out. I couldn't figure out what that was. Like, was that like an old band member that like freaked out on them, or do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I just thought it was it was just something that they did. I I didn't think anything deeper of it because it didn't. Because it was like aggressive, kind of, and like yeah. nothing about this album is very re- aggressive. And I don't know. I, I just I th- I thought it was just like their attempt at like a really cool punk punk rock slash punk song. I just, I think it's so funny. Every time it comes on, I just laugh because oh. you hear <laughs> like you because you hear like one of the girls yelling at him, and then like at the very beginning you you hear her yelling at him, and then she stops, and then he just keeps going, and he's like he just sounds so fucking mad. And then he just, and then he gets kind of like pouty and then it just break, like goes into the song. It's so good. I, it's so, I don't know why I think it's so funny. 
<laughs> but anyway, I like that intro, and I don't know what it is, and I want to know what it dullard. is. I am a dullard. I'm a dullard. Mallard or dullard? I don't care. Dullard mallard. All right. Well, that's that's all. That's all of the um, the talking points that I had. Yeah. Same here. We we covered a lot here. Yeah. Fuck, man. Oh, Polly's okay. dad's a big golfer. He's a he's a, he's a private <laughs> teacher at at a. I thought that was kind of weird. She's she's a big golfer, and she's also a big fan of you too. Oh, that sucks. And her dad's a huge fan of you too, and I thought that was irritating. But um, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> everyone's everyone's entitled, I guess. <laughs> and I thought that was irritating. <laughs> I'm just I'm just cherry picking at this point. Oh man. Okay, no, it's fine. Okay, so 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 let's rate it or let's give our final thoughts. Let's rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, and then and then rate <laughs> and then rate it. So we have so we have we have <laughs> dude, it's so fucking late. Uh it's late for me now. Okay, so we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Uh two is a good album you're gonna continue to listen to. One's a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is an album that should just spend eternity in just nothingness so what do you got what are your final thoughts in nothingness um i uh again again bomb pops have been around for a while and i've known about them for probably probably since like the inception of this pod so in our early days maybe four years ago five years ago whatever that is I've heard several songs that I thought were cool, and and the guys on Punk News have played their music multiple times on Punk News, and and I've always liked them, but I never gave them a chance for whatever reason, because I was pretentious, because I was, I don't know why, I don't know. And then Tyler had this weird obsession with the Bomb Pops, and, and it kind of brought all these feels back, and I was like, yeah, you're right, they are really cool. They are really good. They are pop punk. They are a pop punk band that kind of break those barriers that that do other things, much like Newfound Glory, much like other of the big names in pop punk. They do other things. They get deeper. They get more complex. And uh, I, dude, I like where have you been? Like where have we been? Like what's been going on? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 bizarre. I, I fault myself. I, I really do. I fault myself because I should have been the one to bring this forward, but it was not me. It was you. I bring all the good shit forward. If you think about that, it. That's that's debatable. But like, if there I was brought a, RTJ four. If there was a, well, you didn't bring RTJ, but you brought RTJ four forward. No, RTJ it, forward. No, <laughs> no, no. RTJ four. I brought I brought RTJ three when we did that years ago, and I brought RTJ four to it. Us. But we had talked about RTJ. It doesn't prior matter. To three, I, it doesn't matter. I brought okay. it to the pod. Right. Okay, whatever, whatever you say. <laughs> uh, Continue the joke. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, so they're solid. Like, what, like, what do you want from me? They're it's it's good fucking music. It's just good rock music, and I like to funnel everything into kind of eleven categories of genres because that's what I do when I worked at Virgin. And so it's just it's just good like rock music. It's just good pop punk. It's good punk music. They have they have punk rock. Every everything's in there that you want. And um, I guess with that, my my rating is is it's ain't a perfect album. It's not. It's not. What really? No, no, it's not. After but, all um, the praising that you had. Well, there's there's a lot of things that that I think could have been done better. There's a lot of things that I thought were missing. But um, 
out of three, like three being perfect, like three being like the Pinkerton, three being the Led Zeppelin two, and then two being <laughs> three good. being the self-titled Corn record. Yeah, okay, Tyler, come on. And then two being like this is good. I'm gonna listen to it over and over, but it's not perfect. One being you should listen to this once. That's what one is for. You should listen to this once. Once. And that is it. And zero being I don't want to talk about it because I'm embarrassed. This is like a two point eight, two point two point eight five. How about a two point nine five? I'll do I'll do two point nine. Two point nine five. I'll do two point nine. How about two point nine five? I'll do two point nine. How about three? I just I can't I can't quite give it a perfect score because there are some songs that I think are okay on this album. We didn't talk about them because we spent so much time talking about the bangers, but yeah, there are songs that I think are okay. Well, that's debatable, but okay. And you're wrong. Two point eight. Cool. No, I'm, I'm doing two point eight. I'm sticking with two point eight. No. Okay, whatever. I'll, I guess I have to accept it, right? You do. <sighs> All right. Final thoughts for me. This is a very new band for me. Always heard about them, but never listened to them until not even a year ago. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Thank you to Clowns, the band, for somehow weirdly turning me on to this band. But it's been great. I think they're fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. This this band is so good. I, I I can't believe how good this band is, and I cannot believe how great this record is. Like this rec- I like their first record a lot, but this one is just on another level for me like this is so fucking good i love it every song is a banger not nothing even close to a stinker on here so i'm gonna have to give this one a perfect three. Oh god this guy dude gives him out like it's halloween candy rarely give the threes out all you you do is give three and like i said like i said this at this point this is my album of the year that's also this is better i i'm sorry like rtj4 i love it i love it to death but there's something about this record that I just I think is better than that. I, just, I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't stand it. Maybe you can't finally caught up to like the the pop punk phase that, that you should have <laughs> surpassed in high school, and you finally like realized it. Jeff, we both know how obsessed I was with Blink, and how obsessed I still am with Blink. That's the only pop and punk Tom. band that you truly like, though. And Green Day, I love Green Day. Oh, Green our Dookie's arguably like top ten greatest punk band or punk albums of all time. So is Insomniac. Well, Got him. That's true. <laughs> Not pop punk, punk. Oh my gosh. Because as we know, punk's a mindset, not a genre. God, so stupid. So dumb. So Jeff and I both give this album a perfect three. <laughs> and uh no, this is this is this is great. This is it was fun. I had a good time. I had a good time this episode. What would be really cool is if somebody from the Bomb Pops or all four of the people from the Bomb Pops, they all listened to the pod and they loved it and then they told everyone about it. So Except for Neil because I feel like we didn't talk about him that much. I know, which sucks because he was really good. Yeah. But whatever. It's the way she goes, boys. Whatever. The way she goes, boys. Uh, thank you all for listening. This is Asani Radio. Go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us in there. Follow us on social media at SNI Radio, and that's it. That's all.
I'm not gonna try to try to read the other German on the can because I'll just fuck that one up. No, do it. Okay, dem Bayerischen Reinhardt Gebot Gebot Entsprechend Gebnots. This is a full body goodness. This is a full body goodness right here. You almost drown. <laughs> I'll just go over my. I'll go over. Go. I'm gonna go over our. <laughs> but uh, the the rest it's, of the songs. It's spook. It's spook. 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 Ridgen. Op. Het. Fit. Spot. Oh, and um, piggybacking. Piggy. Fuck. Piggybacking. Piggybacking. Pinky back. Piggy. 